Section 20 of War Flying by a Pilot. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Book 2 On Active Service. Chapter 3, Part 5 Stalling. I was testing my machine round the drome this morning when it occurred to me to indulge in a few stunts. I obtained the sanction of my passenger, and we proceeded to do vertical banks, stalls, and tail slides, much to the enjoyment of a group of officers, who I heard afterwards were watching. I found it most enjoyable. Perhaps you don't know what stalling is. You're flying level. So then you pull the nose of the machine up, till at last it becomes perpendicular, so when, of course, it gradually slows down and stops dead in the air, sticks there a moment, and then falls so, and plunges on until it regains sufficient speed to bring it under control again and level. The feeling, after the machine has stuck at the top and then falls down, is the left your stomach up there tube-lift feeling. Only more so. He and I have been on a cross-country flight. The exhaust pipe blew off, and as the hot exhaust then became directed on the petrol tank, we decided to land, and came down in a nice little field, pulling up six inches from a ploughed field and conveniently near a hospital. However, we didn't need the hospital, and soon got the machine to rights, but are stuck here owing to rain. We are, however, near a town, and are going to a flicker show tonight to see Charlie Chaplin. We have fallen among friends here, for there was an officer's mess within a hundred yards of where we landed, and we are being splendidly treated. Altogether, an ideal place for a forced landing. My adventures of the past two days remind me of the great motorcycle ride R and I had from Devon to London. Let me see. It was the day before yesterday, I think, that I last wrote you and told you about our forced landing. Well, E and I and two others went to the cinema and saw Charlie in the evening and stopped the night in a hotel. The next day we made a few purchases, and when the rain stopped I went up alone from the field to dry the machine and examine the weather. I had hardly left the ground before I went slap into the clouds at fifty feet. I turned quickly and crawled back just above the ground, missing a factory chimney by a few yards, and plunged down again into a bigger field close by the other pulling up a couple of yards from a hole in the ground. Later in the day when I cleared up, we started again, and we were only a few miles away when the blessed exhaust pipe popped off. The petrol tank started getting hot again, so we had to come down, and it took us an awful time to find a decent field. There were all humps and bunkers and hazards where, if we had landed, we should have gone head over heels. At last I found a good place and perched 
pulling up the wingtip, touching a bundle of hay. We stopped a car, and E went on it to the aerodrome for help. However, I got a spare bolt from the car, and while they were gone, repaired the damage myself. Got two farm laborers to hold the machine while I swung the propeller, and started the engine myself. Then I clambered into the machine and went off alone, getting to the aerodrome just as my helpers were leaving. The weather is pretty dud. You remember the two games of patience I used to play, the four aces and the idle year? They have caught on here tremendously. Everyone from flight commanders down is playing them. I am thinking of sending to Cox's for my passbook. Four of us played pitch and toss yesterday with pennies for two hours, and I lost sevenpence. The gambling fever has gripped. I took up a Scotch sergeant a couple of days ago. He was a perfect scream. Can you tell me where am um, te pit ma feet? And where am um, no te pit them? He quite enjoyed the flight, though. I looked round once with a huge grin and said, Bon. By the way, I saw a very curious sight the other day, and a very rare one. I saw two of our shells pass in the air while I was flying. They were not near me, but I just got an impression of them as they went down. You can, I believe, see them if you are standing behind the guns. But P is the only one in our flight who has seen them from the air. I think the idea of dividing RFC squadrons up by public schools is splendid but alas, impossible. End of section 20 Recording by John Brandon